It doesn't have to be going to the hardest workout all the time. It can be start with something that puts a smile on your face. Is that dance? Try salsa, try Zumba, try something that actually puts a smile on your face rather than maybe going to like the most trendy thing that, that you're not going to go back because it was too hard. Welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, gang. What's up? Hi. Okay, so Megan here. I am very excited to intro our guest today, my friend and fellow Rookers, are you rah rah man alum, Brad Hobel. He is a 15-year veteran in the fitness industry, a trainer to Victoria's Secret Models and A-list celebs. Brett is one of the country's most sought-after experts for fast fat loss, nutrition, and motivation. He was named one of the world's top 100 health and fitness influencers by Greatest. Brett is the author and creator of the revolutionary 20-minute body book and dvds we could basically spend the entire episode listing this man's certifications but you probably want to hear that brett appeared as a trainer on nbc's biggest loser season 11 he's a contributing fitness expert for many publications from shape to vogue from when we met at self magazine and appears frequently on shows like dr oz the view and the today show in his rise above bullying campaign brett speaks at schools around the world to inspire and educate children on how inner strength can turn pain into passion and is the key to overcoming adversity. Welcome, Brett. I am so pumped to have you here today. Welcome. Jamie, uh, she's like a professional publicist. I think she's giving Jamie a run for her money. <laughs> she's so much. Oh, it's so good to be here and it's so good uh, to see you, Megan. Congratulations on your amazing book, Fully Charged. So proud of you for that. Oh, thank awesome. You. It's good to see Yay. all you guys. Yeah, good to see you. Before we jump in, this is Christine. Hi. We usually do a little weekly catch up. And today we are talking about the whole going out when you were sick. So back before COVID, we used to actually go to work sick. We used to show up in real life, practically dying. And it was kind of like a badge of honor, especially if you showed up at a fitness class and you were like, you know, mm. you know, struggling through. But do you think that's going to end now that people are a little more enlightened and, you know, we have more knowledge and maybe more common sense not to do that? I personally am like a germaphobe. So the second I hear a sniffle or I saw a sniffle or anybody like coughing in my direction, I kind of freak out before COVID. So I have my high alert on at all times. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just, Heidi, I was just going to say that like, you know, it truly was a badge of honor pre-COVID. It was like, I'm dying, but I'm here. Like, you know, and, and every, you know, and like, oh, wow, you're so dedicated. Oh, wow. You know, and, and basically workplaces, it was like, are you dying? No. Okay, cool. Be Mm -hmm. here, you know? And, and so I, I hope, like New York City, for example, just announced that there will be no snow days next year. It will be virtual learning. Well, that's how my so, this year for my for yeah for my son's school. Like that's what they did because I was like, oh, these poor kids are never going to get a snow day again because now they're all set up for virtual. Yeah, yeah, no sick days, no snow days. Yeah, but my well, hopefully they're sick days. But um, but my hope with that this sort of trend towards like okay, no snow days, virtual instead is that like all right, you're sick, stay at home, right? Do your work from home. Everybody's set up to work from home now. Like, why can't we stay that way and stay a healthier world? I don't know. I don't know how long it'll last. I don't know if the novelty will wear off. 
What do you guys think? Maybe even doing more outdoor stuff. Like I think that's catching on. And if the weather is nicer, even, I mean, maybe more fitness than, than actual work, work, uh, office buildings. But I think, you know, bringing everything outside as much as we can, even work meetings. We had this conversation on, on our last uh, episode where you take that outside. I think you called it a walkie talkie, Megan, where just, just being more mindful of ways to, um, be safer. But I think it's also more inspiring because look at how creative we all got. And maybe that will sink in a little. Well, Brett, I like as somebody who stalks your Instagram, um, I, I see you working out like you work out and do things outside all the time with other people. Was that a pre-pandemic? I mean, like you have the luxury of living in a warmer part of our country, <laughs> right? But um, is that something you did pre-pandemic as much or is it like much more now? It's a much more now. Yeah. A lot of the places, the gyms or studios that I go to, they all had to open out uh, outside studios. So that's been great. And it's interesting that most people now, a lot of the members don't want to go back inside. A lot of them want to stay outside. And I do think, so an example is in our Capoeira Academy, we were training inside, then we went outside. Yeah, somebody comes in and they're sick. It's really frowned upon now because you're endangering a lot of the other people that are there to train. So I do think there's been a shift in the mentality. I also think just with clients of mine, other people, they are taking better care of themselves to just not get sick in general. From sleep, recovery, they're asking a lot more questions about this to me, which is a clear indication, you know, immune supplements and all sorts of things that they really want to take care of their health. So I do think that's a healthy shift. And also one good question. I think it used to be, you know, everybody, I think there's this trend going on. It still happens on Instagram. I see it a lot. People, you know, I'm, I'm so overworked. I'm so busy. I'm so, you know, stressed. And I think take a step back. Like you don't have to push yourself to the limit that you're exploding and you're just, you know, you're, it's, it's really ruining your immune system and it's, it's trying and it's just not healthy. So maybe that's another health the approach like who are you trying to what are you trying to prove and who are you trying to prove it to because you're just making it worse on your own body yeah 100% this is Jamie I think it's like really funny I saw a meme or like a, a TikTok video or something the other day where it was like you know if you tell your kids school that they have like a little bit of a tummy ache then they have to like quarantine for two weeks and get 17 COVID tests so he's like so I had to think of something else so my son's principal now thinks that he was captured by ISIS terrorists but it's okay because he'll probably be released by tomorrow like people are coming up with the craziest excuses you know because like now if your kid has the sniffles it's like whoa you know what two I mean? COVID tests to come back to school right right so which wow. is good and bad I, I also think it's so interesting that nobody in my entire house has been sick at all in now over a year and it's kind of cool yeah, Jane, we had this talk earlier when uh, this is Heidi. I was like furious because I have a three-year-old who is in a threes program. Okay. It's not like <laughs> there were six kids in school in his class. And like once a month, this kid comes home sick from school. And then if, it's always on a Friday. And then by Monday, my five-year-old twins also are sick. And so I'm like, what jerk is sending a three-year-old to school sick? You know, and and Jamie actually said to me, she was like, well, you know, Heidi, at least it's better for their immune system because it's probably not good for, for the kids not to be exposed to any germs. Well, <laughs> so it's possible. I mean, you know, I think, I think we'll all unpack over the next, you know, one, two, five years, 
what kind of damage this has done like emotionally to some of us. Cause it, on one hand we're like, Oh, it's so cool. We can work from home. And on the other hand, we like forgot how to socialize. I see another human and I'm like, hello, hello human. Like I get nervous. So like, what about kids? I mean, my, my son is two. He spent half of his life in quarantine. He's never done all of the group classes that my older son did the gymnastics and the tumbling and the music. He's fine. He's happy. He's socialized, but who knows? So I think there will be a whole unpacking on the back end of this to exactly figure out where we went right, where we went wrong. Are their immune systems all messed up because they never got exposed? Like, I guess, who knows? I guess more to be revealed, right? So much more to be revealed. Um, I, 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 yeah, like TBD, but I love that to wrap up that topic. So I would love to get into Brett's topic if we're all good to go on that one. We want to know why do so many weight loss and workout plans fail? One word motivation. Our guest today believes that if you want lasting results, you need emotional attachments to your lifestyle choices. But what does that mean exactly? Brett believes the most important thing when it comes to changing your body is to walk your talk. As he likes to say, quote, the dumbbell and the diet don't just change you, your accountability and belief in yourself do. His approach to live a mindful, healthy life starts by looking inward and changing yourself from the inside. So let's hear it, Brett. How can we all learn to sweat with soul? I love that. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to flip this. And I'm going to say the number one thing is not motivation. And the reason why, because you're not going to be motivated all the time. I've experienced this and I'm someone who's very active. So a lot of people are trying to always concentrate on what motivates them. And I'm telling you, motivation is not going to be there all the time. Motivation isn't the key. Discipline, in my opinion, is better than motivation. Discipline will be there and discipline will lead to motivation. But if you're constantly just thinking you're going to get motivated, it's like, no, the people that really do this day in and day out, you think they want to work out every day? They don't, but they're disciplined and they do that. You think they want to eat a certain way all the time? They don't, but they're disciplined. And I think one of the most key things for discipline is your routine, that you really develop a full-on lifestyle around this. It's not a little thing that you like on Instagram or something in your iPhone. It's something that you do get emotionally connected to so that it really becomes a part of your life. And then that routine and that discipline is self-motivating. Now, Brett, discipline is not a fun word. It makes me feel like I'm in trouble. So what does discipline mean to you and how do we create it? in a fun way, <laughs> in a yay way, because your programs True. are fun. And I, I love your workouts. We've worked out together many, many times. The word discipline scares me. You do not scare me. So how do we, we get some of that secret sauce and have your discipline? Good point. It, it is, I think for a lot of people finding something that, that they enjoy doing, that is just, it doesn't have to be going to the hardest workout all the time. It can be start with something that puts a smile on your face. Is that dance? Try salsa, try Zumba, try something that actually puts a smile on your face rather than maybe going to like the most trendy thing that, that you're not going to go back because it was too hard. But finding some fun, but discipline. And what I mean by that is something that you can do on a daily basis that doesn't have to always mean a hard workout, but something that you can incorporate and make a part of your life that you enjoy. So who, who's the runner here? Is it Christine? Christine? We, we all kind of, yeah, we all run. Everybody but Heidi. <laughs> well, I have to say, but wait, before you even do this, I, I wonder, I run and sometimes I run six miles and that to me is my, 
it's like my cop out because it's so easy for me. I love it. I don't realize I'm doing it. And I almost wonder, is it even doing anything for my body besides just pounding on it? You know what I mean? And it's such a, for me, I put my sneakers on, I go and I don't even realize I worked out. But if I do like a hit class or even sometimes Heidi's yoga cross flow X classes are way harder than like a seven mile run for me. So I also have to trick my body, right? No, like everyone has what I call a fitting point. It's like this tipping point in fitness where they actually connect to something deeper than just the, the pounds or the, the skinny jeans. It's something that really taps into something kind of in their soul. For me, it was capoeira. I always love. Can you just say it again? I love the way you say it, Brett. <laughs> say it again. Capoeira. Okay. Capoeira. We got to do one. Can we just do one capoeira move? One yes. quick one. You got to do a little figure eight block. You got to get those, get the head in there, get a little sexy on it. You have to say balanza. 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 A little shake and bake. That means to balance or to sway. And it's also type of block. I love doing that. I do that every morning. I want to break this down though, Brett, because you're a Jersey guy like me, right? You're from Princeton originally. Like we're doing Princeton, Princeton, New Jersey. So like, how does a Princetonite find Capoeira? Like how does that, you know, like, I wasn't doing that in Bridgewater. This was an interesting story. As a, I was a pre-med undergrad, had to make up some classes. I look on the schedule and I see modern dance. I'm going to learn break dancing. I go take modern dance and it's like Martha Graham modern dance. I was like, this is not for me. But I really liked the instructor and she said, come to another class of mine. And I said, okay, what is it? And she said, well, you told me you're doing martial arts and you do and you're an athlete. I cross-trained both of these people and athletes in this, it's ballet. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, 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 no. She said, take one class. I dare you. I said, okay, I have two questions. Am I going to be only a guy? No. Do I have to wear tights? No. Can wear whatever you want. I said, okay. I go to class. It was the hardest movement class I've ever taken. I'm like, her porta bra and just plie were like butter. And I'm sitting there and I usually get movement. It was really difficult. Went to one class, went to a second, stuck out the whole semester. It was one of the toughest, by far toughest movement class I ever did. And I got so much out of it, challenging myself. And at the end of the semester, she said, everyone has to do a a report on a form of dance. Brett, you're going to do yours on capoeira. What is that? You're going to find out. Do the report. So I started reading and got videos on it. And it's like breakdancing, gymnastics, and karate all in one. It was created in the 1600s and originally disguised as a dance. And I'm like, how does nobody know about this? How does nobody know about this like incredible secret discipline? And for me, this is what it was. Um, I had a history of being an overweight kid. And I went from being like top athlete as a kid to completely stopping. And what I realized about sports, it was a way for me to express myself, like truly how I felt and to be able to be good at something. And when I stopped doing that because I gained weight, it really affected a a huge part of my self-confidence in my life. Capoeira appealed to this. It allowed me to express myself again. So when I graduated, I didn't do class then. I just did a report. I moved to New York City. Two friends from high school call me separately from two totally separate social spheres and say, have you heard of Capoeira? And when the second person asked me that girl, I was like, this is a sign. Sign up for class and like never turn back. 
So this is Jamie. Can I ask you a question? Because I'm so curious. You know, I I think there's different schools of thought around what's going to motivate people or or help them find their discipline. Because it's great to tell people. I agree with you. Motivate. I always say this to my wellness clients. Motivation's not always going to be there. It's about creating that routine. But like, they just can't get past day one. It's just so hard to change behaviors. So how long do you think it takes somebody, you know, you hear that data about building a habit takes whatever they say, 21 days or whatever they, they t- typically there's say. There's so much debate on that. Right. There's so much there's debate on so that. There's so much debate. And my, I guess the second part of that question is, do you think that like training for something or having an end goal, like learning a new, a new sport, a new style of dance, like, is it in your opinion, a good way to go about it to sign up for that 5k or that half marathon and have like an end goal? Or like, how do you feel people can best sink their teeth in to structuring that kind of routine? I've got several tips on this. So one is just doing something that you find fun. I've had a lot of people try different trends. And it's like, like I said, you like dance and all of a sudden they go take a salsa class or Zumba and they're hooked. And that's what they're doing. For me, I love movement-based martial arts or something like boxing or a skill form of training because you actually see yourself get better at it. Yoga is another one where you see yourself getting into different postures. So something that has a skill base versus something that doesn't may appeal to somebody else. Um, Another thing uh, that I found really helpful for people is just to just try to get off the couch, the, the power of one, one exercise, one set, and you just, just one, just give me one thing that you can do for the day. One exercise, one song, one set. And the next time you try to do it, try to beat it by one rep. But there, there's so many different ways to try to approach it. Another is get a, get a workout friend that can help hold you accountable or a class because classes you show up and you don't have to do anything. So I know we're, you, you were proposed on, on berries, right? Mm-hmm. On the treadmill. Yes, my That's, husband proposed to me on a treadmill at Barry's Bootcamp. It's amazing. But yeah. classes like that are so motivating because you have a community around it. So uh, CrossFit or Barry's or SoulCycle, places like this, where there's a community that you can plug into that help hold you accountable. There's so many resources for people to do now. It's, it's you have to just keep trying and find it. And eventually, as you keep trying, you're going to hit your fitting point. You're going to hit something and find something that really taps into you emotionally. I like this fitting point. You coined that, Brett. Head, like hats off. I like Thank that you. fitting point. What's your fitting point? I have to, well, I just saw something on your Instagram that said, um, or recently, don't stop when you're tired, stop when you're done. So is that another thing too, that we can, you know, you think you're done after, like you said, one rep or two reps. So do you have to keep raising the bar for that too? And is that, you know, part of the goal where you have to challenge yourself, but once you know, okay, once I do five, then I'm done. So you have that aim. Yeah. The, well, something that, that, uh, structure is really important. So if you want to get into a program, this is another thing is entering into something. There's so many online challenges and I love challenges because there's structure to it. There's a starting point. There's an ending point. Usually there's a a program outline. You have other people that are online supporting you from all over the country. Challenges are something with structure is important. Yes. And then also picking something that you can beat either by numbers or you just change it up where maybe you're not always trying to go for the highest number. But for me, here's an example is pull-ups is something that has been an extremely difficult exercise for me. I was an overweight kid and I could never pull my body weight. So pull-ups has been a nemesis of mine for a long time. And when I go in and hit pull-ups now, I'm always trying to beat it by one. I only do one set 
and I just get to the bar and I see if I can beat it by one rep. Now that may take me months to do, but it's something that really appeals to me and goes back to my childhood. So this is Jamie again. Can I just ask you, like, what is a typical day in your life? And I want to hear, like, how much movement is in there? And I would love to know, like, what do you eat? What do you put in that body to keep it your temple? Well, so I just had my, I, this year I had my 50th birthday. It was a really big birthday. Shut up. Yes. Yeah, big five oh. Seriously, how is that possible? Yeah. You are so boyishly good looking, Brett. This man literally looks thirty years old. And We're twenty. Yeah, it's such an it's such a testament. You know, such a testament to to good living. Yeah, I think it's it's always been moving. I've really had to work on my nutrition quite a bit because as a kid, it was off for a lot of reasons and had a lot of eating disorders as a wrestler and a lot of other things that I had to go through. And then the, the mindset piece, I'm very big on personal development, which helps me with my accountability quite a bit. And the morning starts, I get up and I have a routine of doing breath work. I've tried different types of breath work over the years through yoga and really like Wim Hof, it's a type of breathing. And I always take a cold, cold, cold shower. That's a huge part of the oh, routine. I, I wish turn I could make hot. myself do that. I get in my infrared sauna blanket in the morning. <laughs> That's the opposite. <laughs> That's all. Brett, can you tell people why you do that? Because I li- I like the science behind that. There, there. The theory is basically um, there's a lot of different stuff, but for your vascular system to wake up, it's kind of like a pump. You want it to expand and contract. So if it's heated, it's going to expand. If it's cold, it's going to contract, and that brings vitality to your system. It starts to move the oxygenated blood and other things around your body, which is healthy. So uh, that's the concept between icing something and taking it off. So when you get in the shower in the morning, uh, and a lot of athletes do this contrast heat and cold as well. But when I get in the shower in the morning, I turn on really hot. I get my whole body, particularly my head, and then I turn it on as cold as I can get. And one trick is if it gets too cold, you just put it on your back. Your back will allow you to um, be able to take it a lot more than if it's on your face or your head. And I have a five minute routine. I start flossing, brushing, you know, the shampoo and the whole thing. And that takes about five minutes. Like it's kind of timed where I will listen to a podcast and do this, but that starts my day off. I am so energized. Uh, I don't really have to do coffee if I don't want to at that point, but it is one of the most energizing ways to get your, your head clear. And it also just uh, and is that like five in the morning, six in the morning? Like, are you an early bird too? I usually get up around six or six thirty. Do that. Do the breath work, and then I get to a class. So I uh, take yoga online with Yoga Works, where I was teaching for a while. I love a lot of the classes there. Or I'll go to um, one of the gyms that I that I train at. We'll usually take uh, a class, and then after that, we're tired already. <laughs> yeah, so after that, I you know. I tried intermittent fasting and other stuff. And now it's just more intuitive eating. If I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. Um, I don't, I've tried so many different things and I just am uh, more cognizant of what I put in my body and try not to overeat. A big struggle for me has been sugar and wanting that has always just been something that I've binged on for a long time as an overweight kid. And I've had to really find kind of hacks for that, which at this point for me right now are uh, dates. And apples have made and and uh, uh, sesame, um, different types of nut butter. That like is the best thing for me to be honest, and prevents me from turning into the cookie monster. 
Are you plant-based? Do you, do you eat meat? I do. I do. Uh, sometimes I'll rotate through, but no, I, I do eat, uh, I do eat meat. Yeah. And what about alcohol and other vices like that? Great question. Um, I, alcohol was, I kind of gave that up after college and like, you know, had some, but THC and like smoking weed was like something that I went through quite a bit. And all of that is like out now. It's just, it didn't make me feel good. I was, I tried it for recovery. I tried CBD. I tried all this stuff. And it just, for me at this point in my life, feeling sharp or not feeling sharp is, I just can't deal with that anymore. That is the most stressful thing is feeling off and not feeling on because of all the responsibilities I have. So there's always a little hangover from any type of thing. Now I'm not saying I'm perfect. And if people want to do it, it's all good. But just for me, it doesn't work. The cost to not feeling on isn't worth it. So I actually haven't done that in over two years, like CBD, taking a puff, any of that. I just, it's not on my radar anymore. Well, can we talk about all those many responsibilities and can we talk about your time on Biggest Loser? I'd love to hear a little more about this. Sure. I mean, America knows you for so many different things. And I, I mean, I just love getting this window in. So tell us about what that experience was like. Well, first of all, the, the casting process was, was crazy. That was like really, it took several years. Um, and every year the, they basically said, oh, we're not bringing new trainers on for different various reasons. But uh, in 2010, they said they were. And it was interesting. They were, they were kind of skipping coming to New York. We're going to come there later. And I wasn't sure. They said, Brett's going to get an interview. Don't worry. They were talking to my agent at the time. But I was a little nervous. So what I did is I already um, had a trip planned to Los Angeles. As a side note, I was adopted as a young kid, grew up with a family in Princeton, and was being reunited with my birth mother in Los Angeles. It was this huge trip, all sorts of stuff happening. So I had a trip planned then. And I I basically said to um, NBC at the time, I'm going to be in L.A., so if you guys are free at all that week, just let me know. And like literally 10 minutes later, I got an email after sending that saying, how's Tuesday? And it was so interesting to kind of take this into my own hands and say, well, if they're there, I'm, I'm going to kind of go there and make it easy for them. Got an interview, which it was great because I was the only one. There wasn't a ton of other people, but that began that casting process. And then I had to go back out for the finals. And it was like, Everyone I knew in the industry was there. It was crazy. Like, you know, I was like, I was expecting to see Arnold Schwarzenegger or someone. It was every single person and uh, just luckily made it through. But I just said, I'm just going to be myself and I'm just going to speak the truth of how I train people and my belief. I'm not going to try to pretend to be something else. And uh, I, I was lucky and honored to get that, that job. And then it was full on. It was one of the most intense experiences. We actually lived with the contestants. And I said very clearly, I don't work with 450 pound people. Like I just don't. I'm in New York City and I'm dealing with entertainment people, models, actors, but here is my belief of working with them. And here's my experience as an overweight person who has dealt with different issues. And I think that helped quite a bit. Um, but we lived with the contestants and uh, it was uh, a full-on, full-on experience. I think one of the most important experiences was actually getting to work alongside of Bob and Jillian and see what they what they did, which was 
to really tap into someone's fitting point and knowing how to get there uh, very quickly was you just, you know, I didn't know how to do that, to be honest. And I, and, and watching Jillian was like the, just a ninja at it. And I, and it was incredible to see what she did and learned quite a bit and was able to kind of get the confidence to do that. And it was very difficult because someone doesn't want to start crying, doesn't want to, you know, let up all this information. And you also got five cameras in your face. It was really not an easy task, but by the end of the season, it was kind of like second nature. And that's helped me in my current philosophy of sweating with soul and this emotional connection and all of that has that, that experience changed. I will always say changing the contestants lives changed my life and how I do things now. I think Megan asked earlier the fitting point and then I jumped in and you didn't get to finish. So did you want to finish that about the fitting point and what that? Yeah. Um, my first real experience with that was when I was doing an infomercial rev abs for Beachbody. And, and I had to basically manage 70 people and take them through the, my program and get the transformations. And I, in a group setting, I started to really notice where someone would go from the back row to the middle row to the front row you know, baggy clothing to eventually just like almost, you know, very revealing clothing, their voice would change. The tone of their voice was different. How they stood was different. The eye contact, it was so clear that this light had turned on inside of them and they had, they had been struck, they had popped, they had transformed. And when that happened, you would see other people wanting it. My, my, I would say my first experience on a non-fitness level was when I went to a big personal development course and I saw someone basically come to terms with abuse they had from their parents, physical abuse. And they had this transformation right there in the moment and it gave everyone goosebumps. And then other people started having these breakthroughs and I started seeing it in fitness. And I thought to myself, I started experiencing it in classes. I would go to certain indoor cycling classes or other things. When you have the right music, the right movement and the right message, then a lot of times you're going to get the fitting point. If you go to a gospel church, the movement, the music, the clapping, the dancing, the message, uh, a lot of these things tap in. So I started thinking there's a little bit of a technology here. I started running my classes, doing certain things, putting people next to other people, asking certain questions, turning the music down and really dialing in. And people started having these these moments. And I would acknowledge it because once someone was truly acknowledged about it, the other people were hungry and hungry for it. Jamie here. My dog Stella was my baby before I had babies. She got me through my 20s and I saw her through to her golden years and always valued her wellness and making good choices for her as much as I did for myself. For all you pet owners out there, you might be tempted to let your dog eat whatever they want, whenever they want, when they give you those big puppy dog eyes. But when you hear that over half of cats and dogs in the U.S. are overweight or obese, and many pet owners don't even realize it, you might think twice. It's always a good time to evaluate the health and wellness of your pet to ensure they are living their best life. If you suspect your dog or cat is overweight, Consider switching to a weight management food to help them achieve and maintain a healthy weight. You can find great healthy weight formulas from one of our partners, Purina. Brands like Purina One, ProPlam, and Beneful. 
You don't have to compromise on great taste to lovingly maintain your pet's weight or their happiness. Visit www.purina.com slash health for more info and wellness resources from the experts at Purina. Can you talk a little bit about the 20 minute body and what, what got you to that point? And like in the timeline of like rev abs and biggest loser, but like, what was the timeline for you? Yeah. I want a 20 minute body. Can you tell me how to get that? Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, First it was rev abs. Then I did uh, biggest loser. And then uh, I did 20 minute body on my own. And at first it was called 30 minute body actually. And my, I'm going to give credit to my, one of my older sisters. I was sending her a lot of the workouts. I was writing a book and I was coming up with the DVDs. And what I knew is that shorter workouts were just way more appealing and that I have a big science background. It doesn't matter what your accolades are, how cool it looks on paper. If someone is not going to put this in their iPhone and do it, it's not, it doesn't really matter how, how cool your program is. And people's attention spans were just getting shorter and shorter and shorter and their ability to work out was like getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So I sent this to my, my sister basically said, Hey, Mr. Superstar trainer, what about us moms? Give me a workout that I can do here in Seattle. So I started sending her these 30 minute workouts. Now, when a client or someone doesn't ask you for more, they're probably not doing them. So I'm like, sis, you're not asking me for any more workouts. She said, here's the deal. That workout, I got to get out an hour earlier. The kids, this, that, I'm already up earlier enough. This is not happening. And I got to get it done in the morning. Can you give me something where I only have to give up, get up 30 minutes earlier? The difference between like 5.30 a.m. and 6 a.m. for me is a big difference. So I started sending her 20-minute workouts. And that was the sweet spot for her. And I was able to program them and make them tough enough and challenging enough But part of the art of getting compliance from people, which leads to consistency in this routine, is that they feel that they can accomplish it. If they blame the workout or the trainer, then they won't do it. If they're kind of battling themselves, they'll do it. So the workout was four exercises, four rounds, 20 minutes. Really simple. I'm not asking you to do 15 crazy moves. I'm not asking you to do rounds and rounds and rounds. Four exercises, four rounds. 20 minutes. Now someone can bite that off and you get much more compliance because they know that they can do it. But that was sort of, I found this 20 minute sweet spot on multiple levels. And my older sister was really helpful in that. And are most of your moves informed by martial arts, capoeira, boxing, the, all the workouts we did together for self self magazine yes. always had a little bit of that flavor. What, what they I would say they're just big bang exercises, exercises that are multi-muscle group, um, upper and lower body, because you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck doing something like that. You're going to get stronger. You're going to burn more calories. You're going to gain more overall. So capoeira is all of that kind of combined. I like doing that with you guys. I would, I would usually say we're going to Brazilify a move. So I would take a lunge, big bang exercise, but then Brazilify it and show the same move in Capoeira because I wanted people to also be able to do it. And, oh, I already know how to do this lunge. Oh, okay. We just do it a little bit differently. But a lot of the Capoeira moves do inform what I do uh, because they're fun. They are just a little bit more dynamic. They get the whole body moving and they're kind of 
cardio core strength and stretch in one, but it's always trying to get people to do big bang movements. Can I shift directions a little bit and talk about your anti-bullying work? Cause that's really special to me and, and part of your magic as far as I'm concerned and what compelled you to do that, what propelled, talk, like brag a little bit, talk about the amazing work you're doing. As a kid, I, I was ostracized at a younger age when kids um, probably around first or second grade, when they began to understand what being adopted was like. So I would get teased a lot. Uh, you know, my comeback was like four parents are better than two, man. <laughs> or, you know, some, it's like my, I, my mom made me read every book. I went to meetings that was adopted kids, but you just can't really get prepared when a kid sitting across from you. And I always found this the hardest was a girl saying something about being adopted and I didn't really have a comeback for that. And it just left a very painful like feeling in my gut. So, uh, and I had you know a father who was a psychologist. They tried so many ways to prepare me and you just, sometimes you can't. So uh, another part of uh, my experience as a kid after that was I don't want to be ostracized or be the odd person out. I had a wheat allergy and I was diagnosed sort of HDHD. So I wasn't allowed sugar. Everything at school or usually what you were eating had sugar. Go to a birthday party, can't have the cake, chips, hot dog bun. It was like, it was a rough. And so I started binging on all these foods. I was like, forget it. If I went in the lunchroom, I couldn't get chocolate milk or pizza because people that work there would say, so I'd be like, Megan, I know you want the, 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 the chicken and white rice, uh, like milk. We're going to swap. I'm going to get that, get the pizza and the chocolate milk. And I started switching with kids after which was a, not a good deceptive kind of behavior as a kid. Then I started saying, oh, I can't eat that. I'm going to eat seven slices. And I started developing eating disorders as a very young age. That I didn't even know about. And uh, what did that lead to? Weight gain and then eventually just being teased as being fat. So that experience was, was rough because you can't quote unquote, fix, even though I don't think you need to fix being adopted. And if you're overweight, there's no silver bullet. It's going to take you a while to get rid of that. You just, it's, it's that simple. So unless you're I, the biggest loser, <laughs> that's true. Yes. <laughs> we did have teenagers that lost over a hundred pounds on the show. Now, were, were your sisters, were your sisters adopted as well? No, they no. weren't. Okay. And you know, my, my dad's six, eight, my oldest sister's six foot, other sisters, like five, 10. I had a very tall family. So I didn't look like my family at all, you know, it was very different. Um, but I, what I did is I went to on a tour, um, in Asia, I got asked by the military to come teach classes for them. And I was told they had a bunch of schools. Would you be interested in teaching or talking to the kids on whatever you want? Sure. So they lined up a bunch of these, uh, class, uh, tours teaching to them. And I talked on, uh, turning pain into purpose. And I talked about my, my story. The one thing I did that I was really nervous about, but I was just like, I got to do this, is I asked, is there anyone out there who'd like to share their story as well? This was the first school that I talked at. And one kid raised their hand. They came up on stage. And I just remember asking them, holding them because he was getting nervous. And I said, how did that make you feel when they said that? And he started to cry. It was like a pin drop out there. And a lot of the other kids were relating to him talking about what these kids had said to him and it, what I, the, the impact that it had, then, then all the hands started going up for the other kids wanting to share. And it was like, wow, 
you know, me sharing my story and having a, a kid come up and have the courage to share theirs. So I, I did this at all the other ones. And then I was just getting asked by other schools to do that. And it was really being able to say to them, you don't have to be ashamed of your past or your pain. You can turn it into purpose. And it's just been a great experience for me. I love that. Yay. Amazing. Absolutely wonderful. I just had a, a kind of a funny question because it occurred to me. So I have a weight loss and wellness program that I do called the big ask. So I have like coaching clients and I go, I have to imagine it's easier for me to work with quote unquote regular people. Like I work with women across the country because a lot of them are starting from ground zero. Like they're, they're kind of, there's not like a huge nutritional IQ and maybe they haven't done a lot of fitness. When you are working with A-list celebrities, Victoria's Secret models, people that are trying to get the perfect body and that are highly ostracized over what they look like, and they are coming to you because it is critical to their entire appearance and they're very high performing. I have to imagine there's like a very nuanced way to approach that and not everybody can do it. Is that, does that ring true? Yeah. And I will just say that everyone has the same insecurities. It doesn't matter. Everyone has these same things. I think I was successful because I learned how to speak to someone's listening. And you have to discern between does someone need their handheld, does someone need the drill sergeant, does someone need this? And I think that's a, a type of emotional intelligence that you create. That's why I'm so passionate about personal development is really understanding how to speak to someone's listening. And uh, it just was incredible to, to hear all the insecurities. And, it, and it's true. They're being scrutinized by every single thing. And I, I don't think some people understand that uh, it's really detrimental to their, to their mental health a lot of times. But I was very blessed because, for instance, the, the Victoria's Secret models that I trained were also athletes. Um, so I was able to do a lot of hit the ground running with the training. They loved capoeira. They loved kickboxing. They loved all that. that it was already a big part of their life. So that was, that was super helpful. Amazing. Well, you are amazing. You are inspiring. And I think everybody can learn a lot from you. I mean, I feel like we covered pretty much eight gazillion things today in different areas of your life. But if people want to find out more about you or about your anti-bullying program, where can they go? Uh, just follow me on my Instagram at Brett Hobel. Amazing. Well, we always end our podcast with two little segments and I do the first one. The first one's a lightning round. Three questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one, morning or evening workout? Morning. Thank you. I say that's the correct Shocking. answer. It's, it's arguable. It's arguable. I'm the on only podcast. one apparently that likes to go for a run at sunset. No, you know, Christine, a lot of people have shared your opinion yes, on here. Yes. So the more shows we do, we find it, more it's people. It's been interesting, right? Yeah. It's been interesting. What is your favorite workout? Even though we kind of already know, but I'd like to hear you say it again. Sex. I'm just kidding. Capoeira. Hey. That's why he looks so young. (laughs) Exactly. And then uh, question number three, coffee, tea, or matcha? Uh, Matcha, green tea, matcha. Love a good matcha. Other than Shayna, that might be the first person that ever answered the matcha, the, the matcha question, right? Wait, so now I'm I feel nosy that. that your answer was sex. How, what is going on with your love life? <laughs> oh, well, um, I'm actually single at the moment. Okay. Uh, Cause there was a hot second where you had that, that I, on Instagram, yeah. I, I, you seemed very in love. Yes. Yes. 
I've, I've been fortunate enough to have several of those relationships. But right now, ladies, he is available. <laughs> and he is boyishly 50, FYI. We can have a lightning round interview, a uh, little dating session next round, next show. <laughs> I would love, wait, a dating I, game I would love fun. sex talk would be amazing or dating stuff. I, I would, let's dig in. <gasps> we should do that. We should say girls line up. Let's get okay. on. He likes capoeira on the beach. Matcha. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. This is a good God. idea. So, right. I mean, All I'm right. going to be well, honest. That is my favorite workout. <laughs> One hundred percent. If you're not sweating, having sex, I don't know. Something's not happening, guys. No, you know what? I just will. I will add this. I um, I was talking the other day with Dr. Buzz Mingan, who's like uh, uh, somebody I'm working with a lot lately, and he's Justin Bieber's wellness coach. So I listen to him. He's he know, must know a thing or two. And one of the things he said that it was uh, we were talking about the sympathetic versus your parasympathetic nervous system, and one of the best ways that you can basically put your body into a restful state where it is restoring and replenishing is after having sex. And he like. He it was on my Instagram. Orgasm. I have a lot of older ladies that, that follow me on Instagram. And I was like, oh, I didn't quite know what to say, but I was like, I guess it's good advice. Okay. All right. I'm down with it. So, you know, I think every man who was watching that day on my Instagram live was like, thank you. I knew it was medically necessary. <laughs> like my husband, I know is downstairs, like raising the roof. So I'll give him that. Okay. Well, on that note, Brett, as you know, because you are the most prepared guest we have ever had, our very last segment is called Karma Call. Megan just says it better, so I force her to say it every single show, but I'm the yogi, so I will explain that karma, as you know, is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing guests, what is an actionable item, small little change or behavior that someone might be able to try for a week or so, small change, big result, what's your action? Get up 30 minutes earlier so you can start your morning routine. Uh, and, and this is the most important thing for me. Get in a 10, 15, 20 minute workout. Get up 30 minutes earlier and move into being a morning workout person. You can do that. You can do a run later at night. But if you, when you set your tone with doing something positive for your body and mind, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. You are, there's physical benefits mental benefits. And just when you get to work or whatever you're doing and you feel accomplished, think of the less anxiety you have when you've checked that box off your many lists of things to do. And also in the morning, there's just less distractions. The kids probably aren't up yet. And so many other things where you can have this solid 30 minutes to yourself. It is worth its weight and goal. Preach, preach, Brett. Preach into the choir. <laughs> Don't patrol. Right? It's true. Once the one thing that does haunt me all the time, especially when the weather's nice and when we're allowed to see people and go out and stuff, everyone's always doing happy hour and, you know, oh, you want to have a cocktail or, you know, go for a sunset walk or whatever to go swimming, surfing. And I'm like, I just want to get my run in and then I'll, you know, then I'll do that. But it is, especially summertime, that just kind of is in the back of my head. It's like a love hate relationship, but I feel so much better after. Yep. Use those mornings. Well, I love it. Thank you for preaching discipline to us all. We could all <laughs> use it. And we loved having you today. And thank you everybody at home for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on the gram at off the gram podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. So you never miss an episode. We'll see you next Yay. time. Yay! Right. How did you turn 50? This like makes my head explode. <laughs>